Welcome to the Mama Truth Show, where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach. Happy Mama Truth Monday, mamas. It's Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach, back with another Mama Truth Show where we're going to be talking about living with presence and parenting with purpose. Mm -hmm. I've brought back an amazing Mama Truth Show guest. (laughs) She's back for round two, the incredible Michelle Gale. Since she was last here, her book has hit number one on Amazon. Yay! (laughs) So she's now a best-selling author of this beautiful book, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. Highly recommend all of you mama truth mamas go out and get not just one, but I always recommend three copies of the book (laughs) because you want to have one for yourself, one for that mom friend that you know that needs it. And then you just keep one on your shelf. And then when someone shows up and you're having a dinner party or whatever, or you're talking, you know, you're out in front of your house and like another person's using your kid's slide and they're complaining about something. And then you can be like, oh, I have the perfect book book for you. And then you run in your house and you grab it. And that's what I love to do myself. So this is a fantastic book. And Michelle, she's a mindfulness teacher and educator. She has been doing all this incredible work in the corporate sector. She's a wisdom 2.0 speaker. She is just an incredible human being. And I'm so delighted to have you back on the Mama Truth Show, darling. Amy, you are so kind. I really appreciate all the support. Thank you. And is michellegale.com, is that your website? My website's michellegale.com. The book's website is mindfulparentingbook.com. It has its own website. I love it. I mean, yes. we need our own websites when we put these book babies out in the world. Oh yes, yes, exactly. Well, you know, one of the things that I love about your book that I want to dive into here on the show is that you really give us tangible, practical tools yeah. to use to bring more mindfulness to our parenting yeah. and to be able to really have more purpose with our parenting and really lead from that space of purpose. So I was thinking that maybe you could start off by just talking a little bit about what you mean about living with presence and what mindfulness means to you specifically. Yeah. Mindfulness to me um, means showing up fully in every moment of our life. And that doesn't mean if we don't, if we're not present, we're bad. (laughs) It means we have an intention to live in this way, right? To when our kids are coming home from school to like being in that moment and really seeing them and looking at them and being with them. And when you're putting them to bed, you know, to smell their hair as they're going to sleep. And when you're washing the dishes to feel the water on your hands. And, Hmm. uh, you know, when I see my birds out at the bird feeder to be able to pause and really take that in, you know, take in the beauty of that moment. So mindfulness is, is being with each moment with compassion and kindness and, and without judging the moment. That's really the big one, right? Hmm. I love John Kabat-Zinn's definition of of mindfulness is paying attention, you know, on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally, you know, right around, right around there. So it, this non-judgmental piece is so important and it's so important for mamas in particular yeah. because we're so hard on ourselves. I know. We're so hard on ourselves. And when we're not in the present moment, which is most of us are not right, right. in our daily lives where way off in the future, worrying about what's going to happen or not happen with that friend that upset them at school and you're <laughs> in school with them. You're not even at home, you know, enjoying your tea for a moment. You're, you're in school or you're worried about the 
past, you know, it might be something that happened recently or it might be something that happened 30 years ago. This right. is what times do. It's normal, right? Mm. But that's the first thing I always like to share is that this is normal. This is, this is the way that the mind works. And we have to, with intention, mm. work against it, right? And, and then work, you know, be able to work with our minds and know that that kind of, um, it's like, you know, there's a, that great metaphor, you know, when the sea is rough, right? I mean, there's this like busyness in our minds, but if we just drop down beneath the surface, it's mm. right? And so that's where the presence comes from, just being able to drop in and drop down. Mm. And that takes practice, you know, that doesn't just happen. Oh my gosh, I love that image of the choppy, rocky, stormy, like waves are crashing everywhere because I feel like that's the world we're living in right now. I mean, two thousand. That's the world we always live in. That's the stuff yes. of our lives. I mean, that's just, if you live in the woods out in the middle of nowhere, that's still the stuff of your life, right? Because the bear is coming and yes. the wolves change their path and now you got to worry about it. And I mean, it where you are, that's the stuff of our lives. It's so true. Well, and I feel like, you know, I was just thinking back to this morning right now with my youngest, Evie Rose, who's three and a half, and she's in that phase of like resistance to the entire morning routine, right? So it's like, she gets up and I'm like, you want to get out of bed? She's like, no, you know, and then it's like, okay, let's go brush her teeth and go potty. No, I don't need to go potty. I don't need to brush my teeth. Like, it's just resistance, 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 resistance. And then you know, we're trying to like move forward and move along and all that stuff. And the waters are choppy, but I love that image of then going down below the surface and getting more present and being able to look at her with that presence. And I mean, she'll look at me and she'll just like give this mischievous smile. Like, what are you going to do now, mom? You know, (laughs) in the midst of it. Right. Totally. You know? And so it's like in those moments where, because I feel like it's easy to be mindful when we're in the moment of smelling our child's hair, like you said, the beauty or like they grab your hand or they give you this big hug, but like in the moments where they're like resistance and you like want to jump out the window and be like, somebody take these children. I'm done. When is the mother of these children coming? You know, it doesn't work anymore. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, what do we do? Like, tell it, like, give us a little practice about what we do in those moments when our kids are driving us bananas. So first we have to remember to do it. Right. And I will often tell parents, figure out a way to remind yourself, right? When I was early on in my practice um, and my kids were very young, I had these little red dot stickers and I had them all over at places I would notice them. Mm. And they were my reminder to pause, Mm. right? So we have to remember. So let's say in that moment this morning when, when Evie Rose is just like, no. Yeah. Right. And now it depends on timing, right? We don't always have the time, but we actually do end up saving ourselves time. So we might stop and say, you know, when you said no like that, I noticed that I got really tight inside Mm. from your no. Mm. And, and that's really interesting to me. Yeah. And I can totally get, like, I'm curious where that no came from. Like, why no? Is it that you don't want to go to school? Is that you want to stay in bed longer? Is that you don't want to leave mom? Is that you're a little cozy? Right. Cause I kind of imagine where, why I would say no, if I were you. Right. And so maybe you've got two minutes, you know, to like explore that if they're open and if they're willing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden everybody got to know themselves a little bit better. And often when we do that little piece of going in, it, it fades, right? The resistance naturally fades or not. 
right? Sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, I say in my book somewhere, you know, sometimes I try my little things like this and nobody responds and I have to just move on. Right. <laughs> No, I'm resilient enough to try something new the next time. So it's not like these, none of these things are a sure thing, right? We just, we try different things, but I'm usually successful when I go in instead of push against. Right. Yeah. Go in with that. Go in. The minute that power struggle, whether it's about, you know, getting the morning routine with a little one or a little tiny baby that's colicky, which I know you went through with your son. My gosh. They really did. Five four. months. Five. They said three. Then it was four. Then it was five. Five. Oh my gosh. Right. So it's yeah. like, or, you know, like you have it, like we both have fifth graders right now that are want to be on their phones all the time or want to like be online or making YouTube videos all the time or whatever it is. Right. It's like the minute we're caught in that power struggle, everybody loses and talk about taking the joy out of parenting. Oh, totally. Gosh. Totally. It does take the joy. And then when we're, when we're in that power struggle and then we know we're in it, naming it, you know, I will often say to my 14 year old, you know what? We're in a power struggle right now. You know, you want one thing. I want the other. Yep. And so we have to just stop here and see if we can come together and solve, solve the problem. Right. And I will usually put it back on them. Like what would be ideal for you? And I'm not saying I'll do it. Right. But what would be ideal for you? Yeah. Um, and I'm talking about my, my, my 14 year old now, yeah. uh, no, I'll do this with my 10 year old as well, but yeah. you know, I'm, I think that's where my brain is right now. And then yeah. he'll say, well, you know, this is what I'd like to happen. And this is how I'd like to get my time. And, um, and I'll say, well, this kind of would work for me. And how about that? Right. And then all of a sudden we're in a negotiation instead of a, instead of a, you know, power oh, struggle. Right. And you know, my kids know, I always tell like everything's a negotiation, right? Huh? Because that's not how most of us were raised. And right harder. <laughs> it's not, it's a right. harder way to parent, you know, that everything's a negotiation. Now, safety is not a negotiation. Hygiene is not a negotiation. Right. You know, eating healthy foods and not over, you know, sugaring is not a negotiation. So those life sustaining things are not negotiate, negotiable. Right. But everything else is. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where that's, that's the, let's talk about the stuff of life. I mean, that's the stuff of life. That's what we want to prep them for, to be able to advocate and negotiate and get what they need in a safe way in the world. Well, and I, it, like you said, it's, you know, I feel like in our parents' generation, certainly in our grandparents and our grandparents, grandparents' generation, it was just my way or the highway. These are the rules. We're not equals. I'm mm-hmm. the superior, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And when we look at conscious parenting and mindful parenting, like you said, it's like, then we view, and I know you view this way too, and you talk about it in your book, is that our children are our teachers. Yes, and in they fact, are they're teachers. our greatest teachers. And yeah. I know here in the Mama Truth community, we believe that, that they're our greatest teachers, which can be very humbling as a mom. Yeah, very humbling, very humbling. And, and they need to know that, Yeah, in my opinion, right? My kids know if you are teaching me as much as I am teaching you. And, and I will say to them, you know, there's things I know from living for 46 years, right? right. That you don't. Right. And so I do have things, you know, you can, you, you can bet that there's going to be things I'm going to be able to give you some wisdom on, but you know, mm-hmm. there's things that only you can give me wisdom on, even though you're only 10 or you're only 14. Right. Only you know about your life and who you are and what works for you. And that's how I'm going to always learn from you. Right. And you might be seeing something I don't see. 
in the world or in the house or in our family dynamics or mm -hmm. while you're at school and, and always trusting that that is important information and that matters. So beautiful. And so just for all of you mamas that are watching or listening right now, just curious, what are your children teaching you right now? What is the gift they're giving you right now? What is the lesson that they're like holding up on us, delivering on a silver platter right to you in this moment right now? And sometimes those lessons are really beautiful and easy to grasp. And then other times they're really painful, really hard. And like those hardcore wake up call lessons where it's like, wow, okay, this yes. is a growth edge for me as a human being. And for me as a woman and a mom. Yes. And so I, like, I just get curious about that for all of you. Maybe you can take that into your journals or what have you, but yeah. really look at it, looking at it from that perspective, I think gives us, we can mine for the gold in that way. I think so too. And it is often found, I mean, that's why the book is called Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. It yes. is often found in the mess. You know, the best, the best lessons and the best exploration and the best inner journey is found right there in the muck and the mess of our lives. And so it might be that, you know, my youngest um, had, had a lot of temper tantrums. You know, we were talking before the call started, he's got yeah. a lot of learning differences. Yeah. School is hard. We've been on quite a journey academically. And, um, and when he was really young, he was on the floor screaming all the yeah. time. I mean, he was that kid. He was that kid. And I understand now, I think, oh my gosh, between auditory processing and fine motor skills and ADHD and language processing and this whole list of things that he struggles with, you know, sensitivities, of course he was on the floor, you know, right. screaming all the time. In right. hindsight, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And thank goodness I had the wherewithal for the most part just to be with him when he was going yeah. And I knew in those moments, I mean, I was already practicing quite regularly and, and it was so hard. And I knew like this, my work here is to learn to tolerate discomfort. Right? It's uncomfortable. Oof. And I'm going to sit here with him and I'm going to hold this discomfort for him and for me in the best way that I can. Right. And then I'm going to hold him and love him and snuggle him and, and help him process it. And that was the best I could do. I love that you're telling on yourself and this, I just got chills. This is why your book is so brilliant is because you tell on yourself the whole time. Because I feel like there's this misconception that mindful parenting or conscious parenting, it's just for parents who have really easy kids. Oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, yeah, you're, of course you're a conscious parent because <laughs> your child is perfect and they never do anything wrong and they're just really easy. And it's like, yeah. no, it's actually like, no, this decision that we're making to be conscious mamas and to parent in this conscious, mindful ways does not mean that we're going to have it easy all the time. No, no. And we're going to blow it. I blow it all the time. I yeah. still blow it. I mean, I, I've been doing this for years and my kids, <laughs> I'll blow it. And now they know, I mean, they'll call like, yeah, nice mindful parenting mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. And they know, but you know what? It snaps me out of it every time. Yeah. So they, know they can say that I'm, and I'll stop and they, they know I will stop and I'll say, yeah, I was off the rails there. You know, yeah. not together not being thoughtful. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I'm just yeah. going to stop right now and we'll pick this back up once I get my little self together, you know? Right. I mean, <sighs> and, and what a gift, you know, to our kids, you know, that they see, then they have permission to do that. Right. Because we grow up in this world of ours feeling like we have to do it all right and we have to get it right. And if we blow, blow it, there's something wrong with us, but we can always repair, you know, we can always repair. And stop and start again, right? There's do, we're just like a do-over. It's just always a do-over. 
Oh, I love yeah. that. I, yeah. I mean, my gosh, and we need those do-overs and we need those, you know, I know that, um, in chapter, I wanted to get the right chapter here, but Oh, chapter 15, when I lose it, yeah. you talk to us a little bit about that. Like you just said about around the repair. I just think that that is so beautiful yeah. that it's not about doing it perfectly at all, but it's about being able to have those repairs and especially, you know, teaching this stuff. Like I always believe, you know, I'm teaching what I most need to learn hands down. My books are for women that are hard on themselves because I am super freaking hard on myself. That's why I'm qualified to write it. Not just because I'm a coach and all that stuff, but it's like, because I have to do this stuff for myself all the time. Same thing with mama truth, right? I always have to like practice what I'm preaching over and over and over again and relearn it. But you know, talk to us a little bit about that. And I, that, and I wanted to also have you talk about the punishment trap. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I mean, I, I always say I'm a recovering yeller. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I definitely had a tendency to raise my voice. I still do. It doesn't happen as much anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I still will and I still do. Yeah. And I had to learn to, to, you know, to, to forgive myself. You know, I think I say in the book something like, I finally, in the moment I accepted that I yell sometimes, that I'm a person who yells sometimes, right. where the real healing was able to begin for me. Because there was so much shame and guilt around right. yelling. You know, I'd yell and I'd snap. And then you see your kids' faces and then you're just like, oh, God. I yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, down in shame. Yeah. Down in shame. And, and, and it wasn't until I said like, oh, I do that sometimes. And I'm actually going to then bring my kids into that. And so, you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't feel good when I do that. And right. I don't feel good when I do that. What do you mean by bring your kids into that? I talk to them about it even right. when they were little, you know, when I yell, it makes me feel bad. You know, right. it makes me feel bad for me that I kind of, cause I love you so much and it makes me feel bad for you because I'm guessing it's scary when I do that. Yeah. Right. But that's when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now when I snap and I raise my voice, you know, I, do, I have kids who are kind of <laughs> giving me the eyeball. I mean, right. I remember early on, I don't remember how old, one of my kids were and we were driving in the car and I had snapped and been all snarky. And, you know, 10 minutes later in the car, I, it was Tyler. And I said, I'm like, Ty, I'm really, you know, sorry about what I did. And I kind of explained a little bit, whatever it was. And he's like, mom, you know, I always know. I just have to wait. You're going to apologize. <laughs> How and wonderful though. It was wonderful. I loved that. I, I loved that he, and it was true. You know, it was true. I was going to apologize every time. And, and he just waited for it. And I was like, thank you for giving me that space. Like, thank you for allowing me to have that process. Yeah. And, and I hope you see that the process gets shorter and shorter and then I'm getting better and better and I don't yell as much. And he said, yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm just a work in progress, you know, just like, you know, we're all a work in progress and that's something I'm working on. Yeah. My oldest daughter, Annabella, says, um, said to her dad, oh, daddy, don't, don't worry about it. I know that you're just doing good parenting. <laughs> I just know you're doing good parenting. You're just trying, you know, you're just being good parenting. That's just all you're doing, you know, because hilariously, my, my husband is so mellow. He's like the mellowest of the mellow. Yeah. And he raises his voice way more than I do with the girls, which is really surprising because yeah. I'm much more extroverted and all of yeah. those things. But for whatever reason, he just has a shorter fuse about certain things and he'll just be like, ah, nah, rah, rah. Yeah. You know? I just love that my oldest is like, daddy, you're just doing good parenting. 
It's so sweet. It's so sweet. And then you mentioned earlier the punishment trap, right? Yeah. So we, when we yell, like we're triggered, right? We know from brain yeah. science, like our amygdala is hijacked and triggered and we are out of our prefrontal cortex. So we can't make good decisions. Yep. And we'll often say, that's it. No right. videos for a week, you know, or whatever. <laughs> no iPad. Or, right. you know, and it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It just feels so satisfying. You know, like yes. that's me. I just, oh, me, you know, I took care of that business and I showed them, you yes. know, and then I'm like, oh no, I have to take a call and I need my kids to be quiet and I kind of need that. I'm like, so who did I punish exactly? And, and it never changes anything, you know, and my kids now years later, you know, I'll punish them. And my son will be like, really, mom, has that ever worked? Right. It's just ineffective, like, isn't it? No, it doesn't. It no. And it doesn't, but it feels good. <laughs> it feels really good to me. And, you know, so we just, we have to be creative. You know, it's yeah. our role as parents is to be creative, you know, when something's going wrong and putting limits, you know, you and I were talking before the show about the importance of limits yes. and communicating to our kids about the limits and what they're for. Yeah. And you know, we, it's just a matter of creativity, you know, when things yeah. are going sideways and, and, and admitting, okay, yeah, I yelled and I said, you know, no video games or whatever, no iPad for a week, but actually that's not really the conversation we need to be having. Like, let's sit down and talk about what just happened and talk about the context around it and what matters to you and what matters to me. And let's figure out a way to, you know, do it a little bit better next time. I think that's brilliant. I, you know, I recently got into it with my oldest about slime. I don't know if your child is obsessed with slime. No, but I've had their cousin come and spend a week and she was, it was slime everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's like an obsession of making slime and using her, her money to buy glue to make slime and this and that and whatever. And so then the, the front porch became this like slime factory. And I was like, no, we can't have this. Even. I said, you can move it to the backyard. That's cool. But slime has to stay outside. If I find it inside, it's going in the garbage. So fine. And then I walked out in the backyard the other day. I mean, Michelle, it, it, like I hadn't been out there in a little bit. And I was like, oh, the no. front yard is way bigger than her backyard. So I was like, what I mean, there was slime all stuck to the brick outside, and all, the table was basically ruined. There was empty bottles of glue, like it was a disaster zone. And I was like, "The slime factory is closed." I was like, "Get out there!" So she went out there, and she was like, "I'm so sorry, mommy," and like cleaned it up. There's still this thick of slime, and so I finally was like, "Babe, we're done. We're we're not making slime in this household anymore. It's done." She was so upset. And I was like, honey, this is, this is actually not a negotiation anymore. I've given you several chances and now actually the brick is ruined. Like it's literally ruined. I'm like, we're going to have to get like paint scrapers. <laughs> like Power washer. Like, power washer. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I don't even know if it would be power wash. And then here's the worst part. And this is just because this is a mama truth show. Don't tell anyone else. I told you there's dog poop. The dog pooped on top of the slime and now it's like built into the slime and we can't get it off. I'm no. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? This is so not. She's like, and now, like, she she got it. She was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's gone too far. It's gone too far. <laughs> and I was like, 
this is insane. You're spending all this money on glue. Like, it, it, you know, so I don't know any parents like who have like the kid that wants to make slime every day. Do you feel me? You can leave me a comment on my Facebook page, but I'm just I like, know. I oh know. Gosh. But it was like, she, and, and she really like, when we went outside and looked after she had spent like, you know, 45 minutes cleaning it up, I'm like, honey, it's done. The slime factory is closed. And she was like, okay, haven't heard a word since. Like she really got it, that it was really a natural consequence Yes. of the messiness of this and that she just was not cleaning it up properly every time. And I'd given her, I, like we have to buy a new rug, you know, like I had given her enough chances. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a yeah. natural consequence. That's and right. And there's still exploration, right? For you yeah. to do in there. So even when yeah. the natural consequences happen, yeah. there's still exploration. Like where does the trigger of the mess come from, right? Because some parents wouldn't have any problem with that. They'd be like, right. I told you to go in the backyard. You don't yeah. have the backyard. You know, there's a mess back there. And that was it, right? right. That, that right. kept it where you were supposed to and that's that. Yeah, some people right. can tolerate that, right? right? And so what is it, right, within you? And then that's more of what you can share with her, right? So there's probably even a little more you can You're do so right. from a conscious parenting perspective, a mindful parenting perspective, and letting them know, like, what's behind this for me? Right. Right? So it's really not all about them because it's also about you too. For sure. And for sure. And, and it's like, for me, I am not a clean person. Like I always, like I love posting pictures of my dirty dishes in the sink. Like it is not an area that I'm like, it is a growth edge for me, much to my mom's dismay because I grew up in an impeccable household. And now I'm like the messy one that doesn't do the dishes and they're piling up in the sink, you know, or whatever. So there's definitely that reflection of where I let the house get messy that I've taught her. Yes. Yes. Right. Busted. We're always busted, aren't we? We're always busted. <laughs> and I'm the opposite. I'm like, I grew up in a house very tidy all the time. Yeah. And I was a little bit messy when I first left in college and didn't like it at all. And so I kind of went the road of everything has to be tidy all the time. Yeah. And of course it's not tidy all the time. Right. Because you're raising two boys. Hello. I'm raising two boys and the house gets to be a mess. <laughs> And I really struggle, right? And so this is something we talk about a lot. You know, when I, because, you know, we both do similar kind of work, right? Often doing creative work, having to kind of do think work. And I tell the boys, I really have a hard time, like, focusing when the house is messy like this. And they'll say, why? Uh, Like, that's so interesting. I don't know why exactly. It's something about the way that my mind works. Like when things are tidy out there, then I can be somehow tidy in here. Totally. And that's just how I am, you know? Um, And my older son will say, you know, I I guess when my room's a mess, I think makes me a little uncomfortable too. I'm like, well, you know, maybe notice it, you know, notice how you feel when your room is messy. Some people can like, be in a mess and be really comfortable. And like, it's, it's a normal place. And some people can be in a mess and just, you know, have that, have that anxiety. And so it's not good or bad. It's just interesting. Right. And then as a family, we all have to know what each other's preferences are and see how we can work together, you know, to, to make it so it can work for everybody. Yeah, it's like really honoring the entire family need and coming together as a family to really yeah. look at, oh, what do you need and how can we honor what everybody needs? Yeah. You know, and I remember my, the compromise my mom and I made when I was growing up because my room was always messy was that I got to keep my room the way that I got, wanted to keep my room, yeah. yes. except that once a week I had to pick up everything at least off the floor so that like the vacuum, like so that the cleanliness could happen. <laughs> right. But I didn't have to keep yeah. it tidy. Like that could be my domain. 
Yeah. Where I could just express myself, you know? Yes. Did not like it. She did not like coming in my room, but that was finally the agreement that we made. But then like I would respect the kitchen and the common areas where everyone else was really tidy. And what a good lesson for you and for her. And what it was such a beautiful way to cooperate and come together and find that everybody can have their needs met. Yes, exactly. It's tricky. It's hard living in a family. I know, right? (sighs) It is. (laughs) It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. A lot of work. Okay. So I know that we're coming down to the end of this interview. So I want to ask Ooh. you yeah. the question that I ask all the mamas that come on the Mama Truth show. Lay it on me. Is what is messy and what is magical about motherhood for you these days? Uh, what is messy about motherhood right now is... Um, you know, my book just launched and so time is, you know, I am kind of moving, I'm, I'm catching myself more often than I'd like rushing past, you know, a moment or trying to get my kids to do what they need to do quickly. And literally in the last few days, I realized it. And I also have my little guy Brody say, mom, you're rushing all the time. Mm. And so it's, what's messy is in balancing, um, all that I have going on with this launch of the book yes, with um, pausing and stopping enough and Mm. not rushing through sweet moments. Um, Mm. So that's, that's what's messy Mm. for me right now. And what's magical. As soon as you said that in my mind, I thought I was with um, my son, Tyler yesterday where he's um, going to go to high school, planning to go to high school. It's a private school Um, and it is a Catholic school. And, um, and, and they had the open house yesterday and we went and it, the focus was so on purpose and mm. an inner journey and morality. And, um, you know, we're not Catholic. I was raised Catholic. We're not Catholic. And I wasn't exactly sure how I was going to feel once I went there yeah. and heard, you know, kind of how they do things. And I was just on the brink of tears the whole time, um, feeling like, Oh, this is the right space for him. So it's magical to realize he's going to go to a place where I think it's the right place for him to grow as a human being. But also, um, you know, during that time I was there yesterday, I was fighting tears the whole time about me, you know, as that was not my experience of high school. It was, I was very lost and very lonely and really struggling and not felt, didn't feel held. And so this magical moment of, ah, you know, I understand what he's about to receive, which just brought me so, so much magic. That's yeah. so beautiful to be Thank able you. to give our kids something that we didn't have. Yes, it really is. And not, not, you know, not in an icky way, like you have to have it because I didn't. Um, but we set, I feel like we set up the conditions for him to <laughs> want to be in that space, you know, in our home. And so he feels comfortable in that space for school. That's beautiful, honey. Thank you. And just sending him like he's going to go to go to high school. Oh my gosh. <laughs> magic in that. You know, he's taller than me. He's bigger than me. He's stronger than me. And he's <laughs> go to high school and really, really start to find himself. So that's really magical for me right now. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Well, the name of the book, everyone, is Mindful Parenting in a Messy World, Living with Presence and Parenting with Purpose. Go and grab your copies, michellegale.com. 
And with that, thank you so much, Michelle, for being back here on the Mama Truth Show. Always love having you and getting to bask in your glow, my darling. That mamas keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood. Until next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, mamas. Did you know that Amy has a new ebook out? It's called Sacred Self-Care for Moms. Seven steps to nurturing yourself so you can be the mom you were born to be. And you can receive your free copy by going to sacredselfcarebook.com. That's sacredselfcarebook.com. And please don't keep the Mama Truth Show a secret. The biggest compliment you can give is to share the Mama Truth Show with your loved ones and write a review on iTunes. Until next time, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood. <laughs>